Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Jim O'Day from Integrity Restored, and I'll be your guest host this week. Joining me today is my good friend, John Heinen. John Heinen is the host of The Catholic Gentleman, and you can get more information on The Catholic Gentleman and their products and services at catholicgentleman.com. John, welcome, my brother. Blessing to be here, Jim. I always enjoy our time together. Amen. Uh, John, would you just say a quick prayer for us and our listeners before we read the gospel? Yeah, I'd today? be honored to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, come down upon us. Come down upon each of our listeners, upon Jim and myself. Continue to prompt us. Continue to guide us. Continue to direct us so that we might help be servants of the Word, servants of Christ, servants of the Holy Roman Catholic Church, which we are so blessed to be a part of, and just instruments of your grace throughout this time. We pray that you just might unite our hearts and our minds, that you might open them up to the will of the Father as he speaks through us through Holy Scripture. We do all of this through the Immaculate Heart of our Mary, our Mother, who we're so blessed to have in our corner to have shielding us with her mantle and guiding us with her protection and with her intercession. We pray in thanksgiving for that too. We do all things for Christ our Savior. Amen. In the name of the Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, so this week's gospel, ladies and gentlemen, is Matthew chapter 9. starts at verse 36. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter, his brother Andrew, James the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon from Cana, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus. Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, 
without cost you are to give. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. There is so much uh, in this scripture. Um, I think, John, for me, one of the one of the first things, you know, right in the beginning of Scripture here, it, it tells us that Jesus was moved with pity for them mm-hmm. because they were troubled and abandoned. Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't think it's any different no. today. You, you, you can't <laughs> not but immediately think that. I immediately thought that as well. Yeah. I mean, I just think so often Jesus must be looking down with pity upon us Uh, many times because of our own foolishness, uh, but with pity nonetheless. And I think that was very important. And the second line, John, is where I really like to get some of your impact uh, and, and words, because the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few, you know, over 2000 years later, we're still in the same boat. Yeah. Right. The church has grown exponentially, but the harvest is still so much greater. And do we have the laborers? I don't yeah, know. I think that's such a great point. And one thing that just about those two verses that you mentioned that just really spoke to my heart was the first one when Jesus looked down with pity upon them in the revised standard version. This is the new American um, version of the Bible, but in the revised yep. standard version, it also adds that he looked down with compassion upon them. And I think that it's both and, and I like the, I like the aspect of pity because you're exactly right. How can God not like, I have kids running around um, my life. Uh, thanks be to God, my children and everything from chocolate on their hands to snot on their face, you know, and they're running up to me and they're giving me a hug. And it, it it's very, antithetical to my desires in life to to have that grime on me. But it reminds me in these moments of like, if God can love me in my sins, if he can have pity and compassion upon me in my sins, I can absolutely love my child when, you know, they're, they're grimy and dirty and get it on my nice, you know, dress shirt or whatever. And yeah, exactly. And so it, it is such a good reminder for us. And we do, we see it, I would say even more so because of the advent of, of mass media and social media that we experience today is that we become a product of that, which we ingest and digest. And it's so easy to just become overwhelmed by the noise in the world and not focused on the treasures in heaven as scripture brings to us. And so we'll turn to secular influencers, we'll turn to self-help gurus and individuals that are, um, have great things to say, but they lack kind of the sanctified um, grace and the sanctified message of the gospel. And and what do we hear here is that the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few, and it is. And we see it today. While you were mentioning the church has grown, so has the population, and so has the attacks on the church. And so we are all called. And I guess that's, that's two things went through my head on a high level kind of umbrella was calling and relationship when I was going through this, this gospel passage. And we all have a calling. You and I have a calling. We are laboring in the vineyard in our own different capacities, me directly to men, trying to help them build up holiness, you to men and women, um, you know, in your work at Integrity Restored and their struggles and addictions. And 
we are doing our darndest to bring the gospel message of love, compassion, pity to these individuals. But going back and hope, hope, amen. But going back, how frequently do you and I fail at that, right? Just so that we're not listeners here and thinking, wow, these two guys got it put together. That's not the case at all. The amount of times my kids come up to me and try and give me a hug and I push them away immediately. I'm like, "Mm -mm, you're going to have to get clean first. And then I remember is generally the case of of this laborer. And so, but the yes, the fiat, the yes that we are, are both committing ourselves to is something every single person listening to this right now has to take pick up anew every single day in this moment, pause yep. and ask a prayer for God to show you how you can labor today and show you how you can help build up the kingdom for him and to follow his will. So I I think that's that's a great point and leads me kind of into my next where this really touched me, this scripture. He names in this scripture, holy word of God, all these people are named. And I don't think that he named them all to quote unquote prop them yeah. up or give them credit. He named them all so that everybody has a mm. name, just like you and I have a name, because this calling continues today. Jesus is still calling, just as he called those 12 and called them by name. He's calling us to continue his work in the world. And maybe now more than ever, though I'm sure people at every point in history have said that, we need to be about doing the work of Jesus. Amen. At baptism, at baptism, we receive those graces. And part of receiving those graces is now a responsibility. I'm not a theologian. This is just my per- personal feeling. But part of that grace is now a responsibility for us to be of service to the kingdom. Amen. It's the second commandment, right? The um, do unto our neighbors as we would have done unto us, you know, love your neighbors as you love yourself. Christ said this, and on these two laws hang all the, um, on these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. And we, we are exactly called to that relationship. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I like what you're saying. And it was actually just um, spurring within me as our identity. So often we put a place, our identity in the things of this world, including your status mm. at church, right? Including my status as a Catholic gentleman, you know, how, Absolutely. yeah, but our identity is not found in that. And God has given us a name. You're exactly right. We have become sons and daughters of God by um, virtue of the baptism and we are called with that. You can ignore that call or you can embrace that call. And I tell you what, I just quickly looked it up because of what you were saying. Fulton Sheen said, you will never be happy if your happiness depends on getting solely what you want. Will what God wills and your joy no man shall take from you. And we place our identity because we're looking for this affirmation. We are looking for uh, happiness. We are looking for a certain purpose in, in calling, but the calling's right here. And I think it's so great um, what you, how you mentioned that is that our identity is in God. And how frequently do we just say, God the Father, I want to see you as St. David did, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and I yeah. want to make you proud. What can I do as my Father to to better your kingdom to do your will and to love others as you would have me love them. Mm. And I think that should be our daily prayer. I mean, it, it needs to be our daily prayer. Humanly, we can't mm-hmm. do it. You, you need that, that 
supernatural grace that God is wanting to give you. I think one of the things I wanted to mention, maybe a little embarrassingly, many times, you know, here in the Catholic Church, we have our A, B, and C cycles. Yeah. So you kind of get used to the same scriptures. And, and, and when I would read this scripture, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. One of the things I would always think about is, well, that's because we don't have enough priests. Mm. And I wish more men were uh, going to seminary and becoming ordained. And, you know, there is some truth to that. There's been a big difference in young men looking to join the priesthood. But I think today, after eight years of doing this work at Integrity Restored, I think today I look at it a little differently. We are all those laborers, not just the priests. It's not just the priest's job Mm. to bring Christ to the world. It's all our jobs. They do it in a really special way through the sacraments, but we all have that responsibility. Isn't that true? Yeah, and honestly, just humbly admitting what you were just as well is that when I first look at this, when I heard Jesus' heart was moved to pity for them, I placed myself in our Lord's position is like, yeah, I do have pity on all these people, but that's not right. He's looking at me with the same, with the same eyes. Right when in in true, I have to, we have to die to ourselves and have to die to our, our own desires, our own pride. in that in this case, because you're exactly right with what you just, with what you just stated is that it's easy for us to look at other people and see how they're failing But if I'm honest with myself, as I do my best to be day in and day out, but it is a daily struggle, virtue always is, right? There's no end to virtue. You never get to a point in life where you're like, I'm so charitable. Wow, I don't have to work on this virtue anymore. This is so great. Uh, Next virtue. It doesn't work like that because virtues come from the infinite. And, and, and thus, I'm so impressed with my right, Exactly. And, uh, oh my goodness, I'm so patient. This is so incredible. Thank you, Lord. No longer working on patience. And so, but going back to, uh, what you were commenting and just, you know, looking at others versus looking at ourselves is we must to be the change that we want to see in the world, right? We have to, we have to start with ourselves daily. And we have to constantly die to ourselves so that we can be laborers, not not only for um, for God, yes, of course, but also for our neighbors to bring them to Christ, to be those instruments of grace, or as St. Louis de Montfort says, um, to be slaves, you know, of his grace uh, to, to others, slaves of Christ, slaves of Christ through Our Lady, so that we can bring that love to others. That raises an interesting conversation uh, I just had with my with my daughter. Um, you know, obviously in today's world and, and you talked about it, social media and online presence and we can, there's so much noise and honestly, it's all, it, it, it comes down to doom scrolling mm-hmm, most mm-hmm. of the time you kind of jump into this, uh, routine and, and it's one piece of bad news about after the other. And, and then you can look at the scripture and say, well, I'm supposed to do something about yeah. that. And that's true, except you're supposed to do something about that in the little network that God surrounded yeah. you with. Yeah. First in yourself, and then in those that God put directly in your path, so your family. Because it can be easy to look at all this stuff and say, well, I want to be a laborer, but how am I going to change the world? He's not asking you to do that. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it becomes overwhelming 
it overwhelms me. And I know, of course, yeah, I know that social media feeds are literally giving me food to feed off of that is not of God, that is not of this um, treasures in heaven, as I was mentioning earlier. And you're exactly right. And just look out your window if you're at home and think about your neighbors and literally your neighbors next to you and think, if times got tough, could I walk over and knock on their house and would they welcome me with open arms? Like, am I, am I that kind of neighbor and vice versa? You might think, yes, I am for myself, but I can honestly look at my seven neighbors there and think there's three of them that I don't know and they're so secular and I probably don't want to yeah. get to know them, but that's that's not what we're called to. You're exactly right. Those people that we can see and actually shake hands with and actually embrace, those are the that's where change begins, you know, after ourselves and and truly loving neighbor, as you were just mentioning, because Yeah, I mean, in in my work here, John Integrity Restored, I tell guys all the time. That work starts with your wife and your kids yeah. um, because so often do we really serve them mm. without cost we have received, mm. without cost we are to give. Do we do that with our immediate family? Sometimes that can be most Amen. difficult. This is the work of a lifetime. It is absolutely without <laughs> cost you have received. And actually what I wanted to say uh, came up earlier where when your identity is that which is in things of the world, you're looking for a return. And that's just it. It's like, I, I will only be uh, a great neighbor if I get more out of it. Um, I will like, basically their response dictates your um, actions. And yep. instead of God's directive and his charge for us as holy men and women who are striving for the kingdom to go forth without cost you have received and without cost you are to give. And that is worth reflecting on. That is worth reflecting on the generosity of God, the overabundance of him holding everything into existence. And all that we gave is, you know, ultimately created from nothing is here because of his act of love and compassion and pity on us. Uh, right. You know, that that we are there to to share that forth. But if we don't reflect on that, if we're so caught in the social media, if we're spending hours on social media and not hours in prayer, we can't not but be that product which we are uh, giving our time to. Right. And so you're exactly right. right. One of the things that I also wanted to to bring up is that confident abandonment to, to God's will. Because it's very often that I, oh, I find my identity in God. Yeah, God is my father and stuff like that. But that would be hard. And I'm not an apologetic apologist. I don't, I'm not a theologian. Like, what if they ask me these questions? What if, what if they right. need me to do this? And oh, I'm so exhausted because I have a family with multiple kids and I can't go help them put up a fence because, but if I walk over there, they're gonna, or I, I'm gonna, you know, expect it of it. That's just thinking of yourself. That's just selfishness. But that's also, again, counting cost as if you have um you earn something for this, for this labor. And instead of that generosity right. of God. Again, these this is this is what the message is speaking to, and I'm grateful for your thoughts on it because it's definitely calling me yeah. to holiness as well. Oh, for all of us. I mean, I love doing this program because every time I do it, it God speaks to me in a different way through through the guests. Mm-hmm. I wanted to um, quickly. We have we have a few minutes left here, but 
the the second reading you're going to hear at Mass this weekend, right before the Gospel, is from Romans, Romans 5. Brothers and sisters, Christ, while we were still helpless, yet died at the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, only with difficulty does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person one might even find the courage to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we are now justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath? Indeed, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, once reconciled, will we be, will we be saved by his life? Not only that, but we also boast of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I think that's so important, and I know myself, I don't often think about that part of it. Uh, that, you know, in order to do this work that the gospel will then talk about next, in order to be that laborer, you have to be confident in your place, as you talked about, as a son or a daughter of a loving God. And and how much more do we need to spend time recognizing that gift? Absolutely. Man, this is it. This is relationship, right? This is exactly the second thing that the gospel was calling towards um, me was, you know, he named all the apostles there. And then even some of them, he gives the indicators of what their professions were. And none of them were, you know, right. devout theologians or, you know, learned yeah, uh, rabbis. At exactly. That time. Yeah. They were, you know, fishermen, tax collectors, you know, they, but they were called and we're all called. And I think, but here's the thing that we can rest and know peace and find peace in is that we have a relationship with Christ who proved his love, as it says in Romans, it proved his love for us. That is our foundation. So regardless of what happens in conversations or regardless what happens in extending ourselves to try and love our neighbors and build relationships outside of our close circle, it's it's already been one because every everywhere where, where love and compassion founded on Christ is shared with others, God's kingdom is coming. God's kingdom is coming Amen. there. And so it's not a matter about what we say. It's not a matter about how we act and what we do in those moments. It's just being docile to the, the, the loving Father that we have, brothers and sisters, Christ, while we were still helpless, and many of us still are, and many of the lost sheep, as it mentioned in the gospel, still are, and we see that. We see that everywhere. But this is a family to be a part of, with God the Father, yes. with Our Lady as our mother, and with Christ as our Savior, and through our baptism and through the merits of Christ, we are able to spread forth that love with others. Again, it's already been one. We are just to, to say yes as, as his soldiers and as his loving you know, patriots here to, uh, to those around us. Well, I think that's a great point, John, and, and Scripture tells us, Jesus told them directly to say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. The kingdom of heaven is at hand every time we do these things, yeah. every time. John, we only got a couple minutes left. I just want to make sure our listeners knew a little bit about the, um, the new program that Catholic Gentleman 
just launched. Can you give us just a couple minutes? Absolutely. I'm so grateful for you bringing that up. So the Catholic Gentleman just launched our new membership program. We call it Catholic Gentleman Plus. You can find it on catholicgentlemanplus.com or on our website. It is for men. It is designed to meet men where they are, wherever they are. They could be a 25-year-old newly married. They could be a 55-year-old with uh, children in college. It doesn't matter. We have designed it in such a way to speak to the hearts of men. We are coming out with new monthly challenges, new monthly prayers that we do together as men. We are also coming out with uh, spiritual topics or spiritual themes each month on fasting, on prayer, on fatherhood, on Aura et Labora, which is prayer and work, or Our Lady, or the sacraments. We're coming out with those each month to help us as men wrestle with these realities in our lives and to grow in holiness, but done in such a way that it can really speak to your heart where you're at. We've got guest experts coming on every month. We've got live Q&As happening every month. We've already got uh, hundreds of men signed up, and we're so grateful for that. So definitely encourage you to head over and check it out. And you just you just launched, we did. right? We just launched just last, yeah, exactly, not, about a week ago. And it's it's been That's such awesome. a huge blessing to be able to bring this to men and to, again, call them to something greater, but we need so, there's daily saint quotes that are gonna come to your inbox as well. We need these daily reminders as men. I need these daily, I'm reading the saint quotes every day. I'm doing the prayers every day. Today is Friday, which is praying for and fasting for uh, Catholic men in the world that we might appreciate our masculinity and that we might grow in holiness and go about the struggles and difficulties of doing such. And it's just so incredible to be here, to labor in this capacity. So thank you, Jim. I just am, am so blessed. So, Well, and, and gentlemen who are listening, this program can actually help you uh, kickstart your role as a laborer uh, for the Lord. The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. Amen. So, so gentlemen, if you're listening, I highly recommend uh, you would check out this program. John, any final words in the last minute or so? I would just say calling in relationship. We are sons and daughters of God. He is our father. Our lady is our mother. We just must go forth. And all every time we do, every time we've been called by him. And every time we do that, we bring the kingdom to others. We bring grace to others. Keep on working on your own self. Keep on working on your prayer life, focusing more times on prayer, more times on building up treasures in heaven, being grateful for the gifts that you have so that you can truly be the grace that that God needs to, to this world. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, thanks for listening. John, thanks for joining us. And please keep Reflections from the Heart and all the ministries of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith in your prayers. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.